You are listening to Pandora's Box Radio with Kalia LaRoche. For more information about my products and services, counseling, coaching, hypnotherapy, books, and audios, please visit NarcissismFree.com or PathBackToSelf.com. Welcome to Pandora's Box. This is Kalia. And today, the topic of our podcast is soul recovery, living a soul-centered life. As someone who has worked as a specialist in narcissistic abuse for nearly 20 years, I've really come to see the relationship between abuse and the soul. In fact, I coined the term soul rape to explain what really happens with this psycho-spiritual form of abuse. It affects us on a very deep level, one that can be really difficult to recover from if not understood on a deeper level. First of all, when we talk about the soul, we're not talking about psychology, which is a study of the mind and our mental health. Soul health is a different understanding altogether. It's more in the category of spirituality. And spirituality itself can be a complex area with a lot of different perspectives and points of view. When I talk about the soul and about spirituality, I'm not talking about religion and religious beliefs. I'm talking about the essence of who we are that part of us that comes into our body at birth and leaves our body at death. If you don't believe that our body has a soul, then this podcast probably isn't for you, unless, of course, you're just curious. I was always curious about the soul. I came to understand my soul to be that eternal part of myself that has come into this body with a mission and a purpose. It is the living essence of who I am, and it is what has driven me to express through writing and music. I consider my writing and my music to be very soul-inspired. These expressions come from the deepest part of me, the part of me that goes beyond ego and physical expression. When I work with people In a counseling capacity, I'm really working from my soul, not so much from my mind. And I'm interested much more in the soul of those that I work with than I am in their mind. Sure, their minds may be caught up in stories, ruminating and anxiety-provoking inner dialogues, but it is their soul that gives their life meaning and purpose. Without a sense of meaning and purpose in our lives, our lives really don't seem much worth living. Sure, we get caught up in our addictions and our distractions, feeding our bodies the substances they crave and distracting ourselves from our mental prisons, but it is the disconnection from our souls that drive the addictive behavior. When we get lost or go through a dark night of the soul, We're really quite disconnected from our soul essence, and it may seem that our soul has taken flight. 
It's taken flight and left us feeling hollow and empty. Without connection to our soul, we are hollow and empty. But if our soul completely took flight and departed from our body, we probably wouldn't be here anymore. So although it may seem our soul has taken flight, it is more that we have cut off from it. We've disconnected from it and we can no longer hear its voice. Our intuitive promptings come from the soul. It guides us in so many ways. But when we no longer listen to its guidance, we tune it out or abandon it. It does take flight to another dimension of reality, so to speak. We no longer feel connected to it, and life begins to feel meaningless. In this episode of Pandora's Box, I want to talk about what we can do when our soul flees. As a clinical hypnotherapist and a soul-based therapist, I do deep spiritual process. And I do a process called soul retrieval or otherwise soul recovery. This is a process that calls the soul back to be reintegrated into the energetic body of the person that I'm working with. This is a symbolic process that is often only the beginning of a journey to live a soul-centered life. When we live an ego-based life, we allow ourselves to be directed by the ego, which also contains our fears, our feelings of inadequacy, our feelings of superiority, our needs for attention, approval, and recognition, our need to feel important, and many other ego-based qualities. We can live completely in service to the ego without any connection to our soul. And many people do this. Life is really more about the pursuit of material possessions, status, education, career, money, fame, and beauty. These things are both enticing and seductive, but they don't really ever offer anything more than a temporary satisfaction. We may feel good about that new car for the first week or two, but then it doesn't hold the same ability to make us happy anymore because we're on to the next purchase, the next achievement or accomplishment, or we're beating ourselves up for our lack of achievement. When we remove the pursuit of the material satisfactions of life, life can feel empty and meaningless because we've removed the illusion of success and happiness that covers up the true sense of why we're in the world. If you don't feed the soul, the soul withers and fades away. If all you ever do is feed the ego, your soul will suffer. And this is why when we get involved with true narcissists, we often experience that soul rape and soul loss because the narcissist lives a completely ego-based life. They don't feed the soul. They feed the ego. The superior ego is fed by making others inferior. And because the narcissist denies his own soul, 
he denies the soul in you, picking apart any real depth that you have. Through years of abuse, we are often conditioned to also lead more ego-based lives and depart from our true soul expression. When we lose our voices, forget how to speak, or we never knew how to speak from our hearts in the first place, we lose touch with our true selves. And on the topic of true selves versus the false self, the false self is ego-based. And the true self is soul-based. The true self is that authentic, deep, rich, connected part of you that gets abandoned when we enter abusive relationships or get lost in ego-based addictions. A narcissist lives in his false self, probably more than most people do. But I think the majority of people live a lie and live in a false sense of self. But narcissists are masters at living from the false self because they live a completely ego-based false sense of who they are. They don't see themselves as they are. And they project their darker qualities onto others. We often get involved with narcissists believing We have a deep soulmate type of connection with them. But how can we have a soul-based connection with someone who has completely abandoned their soul? It would be impossible. What really happens in relationships like this is that your soul energy can be very attractive to the narcissist and they feed off your soul energy. In the beginning, it can seem like you have so much in common and you're sharing a common soul bond. But really, the narcissist is feeding on your soul energy. And as a result, you become spiritually and energetically depleted. This is what I call soul rape. You don't notice this right away because there is an illusion of this deep soulmate connection. You don't realize that the soul you are connecting to is your own soul essence. It is as if you are both feeding from one soul because the one soul is not being fed or replenished, the life force begins to drain away. When your soul is depleted, the narcissist loses interest because he can't siphon off your soul energy anymore. There's nothing left to give. When you are devalued and discarded, you're left feeling completely depleted. It is typical that we look to the narcissist to try to get ourselves back. What we need to understand is the loss of our connection to our own soul is causing our greatest suffering. So in the end, You're left without the narcissist and without your soul. You're left feeling empty and life feels meaningless. It may even feel the narcissist has stolen your soul energy for use in their own life. And this does happen on some level. But your soul is yours. It belongs to you. 
The meaning and purpose for your life is in your soul blueprint. So if you feel cut off from your soul, it's time to call it back. It's time to take back your power because your power is in your soul. It's in that part of you that is bigger than life. It isn't about the ego's illusion of who you are. It's about who you really are. If I were to ask you, who are you? How would you answer? Would you say I'm a teacher, a lawyer, an accountant, a social worker? Would you say I'm a musician, a writer, a dancer? Who you really are is a soul expressing through these things that you do. You're not the things that you do. The more connected you are with your soul, the more deeply you express yourself through this sense of mission or purpose. We only truly have a sense of who we are when we are connected to our soul. Otherwise, we come to believe we are what we do, what we have, or who we are with. So how do we reconnect with our soul? How do we get it back? First of all, I feel it's important to note that your soul is your life force energy or essence, so it's still present in some capacity. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't be here. Is there a such thing as a soulless being? I do believe in some cases the soul has completely taken flight, and what is left is just a shell of a human being being propped up by the ego. But these are people who also have no real feelings, no compassion, no empathy, no concern for themselves or others. They're basically sociopaths or psychopaths. They're empty, hollow shells who make it their mission to steal life force from others. So they are still existing on life force energy. It just simply comes from other people. These are the true soul vampires or energy vampires. But if you're feeling pain, that deep, heart-wrenching, emotional pain, you're still alive. So that pain is a good sign. Go into it. Be with it. Allow yourself to feel it because through feeling, there is healing. It is in that pain that we actually begin to reconnect with our soul. We're feeling something very deep. I know when I was going through my dark night of the soul, I spent a lot of time writing from the deepest part of myself. I was pouring my feelings out onto the pages of the journal. I went deep into my pain, my fear, my sense of loss, my desperation, my grief, and my heartbreak. The deeper I went into these feelings, the more I began to feel connected to my soul. I felt very alive, even if those feelings of aliveness were centered in pain. It is said that pain and joy are the same energy, but on different ends of the spectrum. I was on the pain end of the spectrum, but still feeling very 
deeply. When we are completely numb, we're cut off from our feelings and can't enter the depth. This is why it's important to look at your addictions and your distractions. Take a look at whatever it is that is numbing you from your feelings and stop doing those things. Even if this means going into treatment, into therapy, a 12-step program, or something to help you face your addictions. Writing from the depth of your being calls your soul back to the pages of your writing. This process allows you to begin expressing yourself from that deep level. If you paint or draw or create music or do any kind of art and feel inspired to create from that place of pain, you are connecting with your soul. I know when I was in my deepest darkness, I didn't feel at all inspired. I could still write in my journal, but I couldn't create music. As I started healing a bit, I started creating music from that pain. There was probably more depth in that expression than any other time I've written music because I was drawing upon the energy of my pain to create with. I was inviting my soul to express, even if it was expressing the darkness that I'm feeling. We can't assume that because we are in darkness that we are completely disconnected from our soul. Sometimes in our deepest darkness, we feel the depth of our soul more fully. So descending into that darkness is a beautiful way of connecting with our soul. Being in nature is another way to connect with your soul. Go for long walks by yourself in nature and just tune in to the nature that surrounds you, to the beauty, the dark, the light, the magic, and the aliveness. Even if it is cold, snowing, or raining, you can bundle up and go outdoors. There's something really magical about being in nature, regardless of the weather. Write down the things that would normally feed your soul and do them. For me, it's reading a good book, writing, making soup or baking, writing or playing music, walking in nature, having a deep conversation with another person, connecting with a pet, watching a deep, heartfelt movie, listening to soul-inspiring music, taking care of plants, meditating with candles, taking a long bath, going for a long drive, and there's a lot more. There are things that help to facilitate going deeper into my soul, such as fasting. I usually fast on juices rather than water so that I'm not weak. Fasting from media, television, and the internet is also a great way to reconnect with your soul as you're not being pulled into the world out there and all the chaos that's happening. The whole idea of reconnecting with your soul is to retreat within, 
to be in a quiet place with yourself. Listen to the still, small voice within. Try and find your inspiration by listening for what you feel inspired to do. The world of soul connection is a simple world. It's not at all complex. It's a time to return to the quietness of yourself and your own inner being. It's a time to stop the chatter of the chaotic mind and get back to the simplicity of being. We can depart from the chatter of the chaotic mind through our feelings and emotions. The chaotic mind has us analyzing everything, creating stories, reacting to those stories, judging ourselves and others, seeking revenge, finding fault with, and trying to find the solution to why we are feeling the way that we feel. When we simply drop into our feelings and emotions, we surrender to how we are feeling instead of trying to change it. You reconnect to your soul through a willingness to be where you are. When you keep telling yourself, I don't want to be here, I want to get out of pain now, you're in resistance, and resistance keeps you stuck. When you can let go of resistance and simply be where you are with whatever you're feeling, you will reconnect to your soul and return to the present moment. Being in the present moment is the best way to be in communion with your soul. When you're lost in the past or worried about the future, you've departed from the now. And this will cause you to feel disconnected. But if you learn to accept where you are, even if it doesn't feel good, you begin to connect to yourself in the now. And that is where your true power is. Doing a soul retrieval session can also be very helpful in calling back the soul fragments that have been lost, stolen, or given away. This is an energetic process where you command that all of your soul pieces return to you now, taking them back from wherever they have gone. I typically do a soul retrieval specifically to call back your soul pieces from a narcissistic relationship. In this process, you're calling back what has been lost, stolen, or given away to that narcissistic person. And this is actually quite effective. I've had some really miraculous things happen in these sessions. It is typical that during a session or right after, the person that I'm working with gets a call or a message from the narcissist. Although the narcissist isn't consciously aware that you've just gone through a soul retrieval, and have called back the life force energy and soul parts that you've given to them, they are aware that something has shifted. They will often attempt to reconnect. They may be trying to get back your energy that has somehow been feeding them. The soul retrieval sessions I do are done in hypnosis and are powerfully healing sessions. 
If you can swing a session and need help in this area, I highly recommend them, and they can be done easily over the phone. If you can't afford a soul retrieval with me, I do have an audio hypnosis soul retrieval session that you can download from my website at NarcissismFree.com. Just go to the audio hypnosis programs at the top of the page and you'll see the option for a soul retrieval. Once you begin the process of calling your soul back, it will be important to know what feeds your soul and do this on a daily basis. The feeding and nurturing of your soul is important at any time, but especially when you're feeling this deep soul loss. So the soul retrieval processes that I do is only part of the process. You have to be active. And so any kind of passive work, it, it can be helpful like hypnosis. You know, you, you lie there, you allow, you're, you allow yourself to go into this deep process. And you may be even involved or interactive in that process. But you also need to take charge of your life and be working on a daily basis to feed that soul, to take care of your life, just like you would work on a daily basis to take care of your body. And so you can't just rely on things like hypnosis to solve all of your problems. It's a tool. You have to take responsibility for the care and feeding of your soul. I hope that this episode has been helpful for you today. If you have